How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good, my friend. I don't, I don't know. We we got a we got a big time name here tonight, podcast world. He <laughs> he might uh, he might disagree. He gets massy and and too much camber, so he might have him, them as the greatest co-hosts in the world. Hey, maybe so, maybe so. Mike, uh, you know, as always, man, before we get into our discussion, let the people know where they can find you on Twitter, sir. At CD Piglet, guys, nice and easy. Guys, I am Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, here we are with episode four of our series, Cowboys Crystal Ball. Uh, for those new to the series, this is a series where Mike and I bring on a guest to discuss the Cowboys schedule in four-week increments. They also predict their regular season record, and they share their Super Bowl predictions. With us tonight is lifelong Cowboys fan and host of the Pick 6 podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your guy, Nicks. Nicks, how are you? Man, doing fantastic, man. Uh, looking forward to talking some football with you guys, uh, fans of both of y'all, uh, and, you know, ready to mix it up. We're just, like I said before we got on, man, we're, man, we're just getting inching so much closer to Oxnard and these things coming about. So uh, it's time to start cranking up and talking about these Cowboys again. So it's a fun time, man. I'm excited to be on. I'm pumped. Yes, this sir. Little... Next... Sorry, go ahead, Paul. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, this, this little stretch, right after OTAs where there's not as many podcasts and stuff, it's it's difficult because I like to work out and walk and listen to the podcast and it's like what it's am I listening to you right now? Yeah, but thank you A to Z Sports and right? them, the YouTubers <laughs> keeping us alive right now. Yeah, big facts, big facts. <laughs> uh, Nick, for those who don't know, let them know where they can find you on Twitter, sir. Yeah, just right there as it says on the screen, man. Uh, your underscore guy underscore Nix and I actually go over there, catch me on Twitter. Uh, I do Twitter things, if you will, uh, spaces, different things like that. So uh, come over that way and rock with me if you want to hear me rant about video games and cowboys. That's kind of what I do. Uh, then, of course, man, YouTube, uh, Pick Six Sports, as uh, Paul just said a little while ago. Um, we'll, we'll be cranking back up, me, Professor O, and the gang. Uh, we'll be ready to rock again here coming pretty soon. Hopefully, maybe. I don't want to jinx them, but I think we're back this Friday, tentatively. We'll see, though. But Pixing Sports or your guy Nick's on uh, Twitter is where you can find me. All right, well, let's get to it, guys. And Nick, I'm curious, when you look at the stretch of games, man, is this the most difficult stretch of games this season? Talking about there that old that old pesky December, late November. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're talking. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you you're going Seattle, Philly, at Buffalo, at Miami, Detroit, and then you know, wrapping up there at Washington. So they put a little bit of a gauntlet there, you know, at the end. You know, for me, what I kind of looked at is, boy, they need to set games early. Really need to set games early. But, yeah, unquestionably for me, Paul, I think it's definitely the hardest stretch that they have there. You're talking about, um, you know, in the division, of course. But, you know, we know what the Bills have been. We know what Miami's kind of building over there. We know where Detroit's at and where they came from in year two underneath Dan Campbell going into year three. So, yeah, I mean, the work's cut out there at the end. That, that late November through mid-December. Yeah, uh, got to be ready. Yes, sir. Nick, let me talk to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the most important stretch of the season? We'll tell Paul what that meant after the show. Fair. No, it's not. I, again, I kind of want to state it. I think starting early and strong, I think, is big for them. You know, injuries going to happen as the season goes on, board of attrition whatnot. But if you can insulate yourself early in the season and stack a lot of wins – as long as you get through that thing in the right kind of way, you'll be okay. Now, if you take some L's, though, and, you know, the schedule, when you get to that part of the schedule and your record's looking a little indifferent, 
then yeah, boy, talk about, you know, you really, you know, then it does obviously become the, you know, most important part of the schedule. But for me, I think, I mean, I think it's the first 10 weeks. How close can you be just a one, what's a one L team? I think starting early and strong is really big for them. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I, I think the stretch from the right after the bye to the week after Thanksgiving, I yeah. believe that's Seattle. Correct. Going, making sure to go like five and two at worst, and that mm-hmm. stretch is going to be huge for them. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. You know, and I mean, and, and, and of course, you're coming in that in that nice little stretch there, right? Washington for Thanksgiving. They're right with Seattle, team that went to the playoffs last year, had them a decent draft as well. You know, Gino in the year two of his reclamation, what he's got going. So, yeah, I mean, as soon as Thanksgiving gets here and that run, uh, Mike, it's rough. But, hey, it's the people that you play, you know, and whatnot. Yeah, would you like to have the Bills maybe in in September and not in December up there? But (laughs) it's the cars that are drawn, so you got to roll with it. But, again, they know what's in front of them. That's what I said, man. Hey, there's going to be a concerted effort early. Understand, hey man, we can't play with our food early. We need to stack games and win and be in a position. If even if you're in a spot right in once we get to these stretch of games, that there's a guy you might need to sit and think about the big picture. But if you stack the games up, okay, maybe we can live without a Dak for a game. Maybe we can live without a Tony Pollard for a game because it's not as intense of us winning this game because of the work we've done earlier, right? And we need to make sure he's ready for the playoffs. So there's some of that that comes into the into the mind of the forefront, too, as far as stacking those wins early. Absolutely. Good good point there, Nick. Okay, well, let's talk about Week 14 versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. You look at this Eagles team. Uh, are Philly's losses on defense and the coaching staff being overlooked in your eyes, Nick? Yeah, probably some. You know, you, you lost a coordinator. And I look, and we know some people are indifferent when it comes to their coordinator uh, over there. You know, that's fine. You know, but you know what he did do while he was there. Now he's the you know, head coach in Arizona. But you lost five starters, right? And, yes, I think we would all agree the replacements that they drafted, everyone's really fans of them. That's fair. But we haven't seen them on – but we ain't seen them yet. <laughs> you know, we haven't seen them do much yet. You know, Jordan Davis was even limited last year. So, until these guys are on the field and, and performing at the level of what was going on last year. So, yeah, I mean, it's a step back, you know, especially as we're talking in June. And we don't know how – I mean, what, Kobe Dean – didn't get on at all really last year either, but you know, those linebackers are gone now. So now it's time for him to play. Is he the guy that everybody thinks he was going to be coming out of college? We got to wait and see. So there's some definitely you have to say they're taking a step back, not just because of the coordinator, but you have five starters, high profile guys you're replacing them with, and high profile draft picks you're replacing them with, sure. But you got to see it come together though, too. So yeah, probably a smidge of a step back though, for sure. And there, and and one of the guys they lose, like I, I've talked about this a million times on on Twitter with my Eagle fans who I'm friends with. I'm like, mm-hmm. look, Jalen Carter might end up being better than Jason Hargrave in his career. True, Hargrave is a absolute. He terrifies me in San Francisco. He was their best defensive lineman for the last three years here. Mm-hmm. And just thinking that a rookie is going to come in and be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we're good. like, no, dude, it, it takes a little bit of time. Mm-hmm especially replacing a dude like that. Yeah, I like how you said it. A dude. Yes, because the Harvard is a dude. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And, you know, it's been so different. Like, you know, when I try to tell people that same kind of stratosphere that, you know, we were having those conversations on. Look, Dan Quinn's defense didn't just show up day one and overnight it was there. You've seen the the maturation over two seasons going to year three. And same thing with them. You know, they're going to what they're going to have to do there, if what they're going to do. And, again, as you said, 
absolutely, Jalen Carter could ultimately go down and be way better overall for his career. But he's going to do it next year. And that's what we're talking about right here. I'm out there with you. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, I mean, you you know, you look at the losses. We're talking about, um, you know, the changes that they made. Do you see Philly taking a step back with the changes they made this offseason? Um, offensively, see, here's the thing. Now, they lost their offensive coordinator too, right? I like the guy that they got, former Utah quarterback. And you've kind of looked at all the stops and what he's done. I actually like the guy that they have stepping up there. His name escapes me right now. I apologize. Uh, but I like who they got for the O.C., you know, the, the line's back, offensive line, yeah, you know, uh, Hurts should go into year three, should do well, you know, then, I, you know, they've, re, they've retooled their running back room. Now, Rashard Penny and um, Swift, good names, often injured. Can they can they keep it together yeah. with their injuries, uh, you know, stuff that they've dealt with? But, I, I mean, still a very good team, right? Are we talking about a step back? Well, I don't think we're talking about a step back where, well, they're not going to make the playoffs, right? I just, how far is the step back? They won the division last year. Step back is easily just be they won't win the division this year. So in yeah. that in that realm, yeah, they probably do take a step back. You got two new coordinators. You're definitely replacing some people on the defense. You have to see how it comes together with those young guys that they got going over there. And we got to see what their running game is going to look like still, depending on those guys going to stay healthy or not. So, yeah, uh, a step back. But like I said, not, not a drop off, not like the Rams when they went to the Super Bowl and then. You know, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. I think that's a completely different scenario. But, yeah, a step back, yeah, not winning the division because I don't think they're winning the division. So, yes, I'll say a step back. I'll flip to my next one, Paul, about uh, Jalen Hurts. Is uh, is he overrated in your uh, in your mind, Nick's? Like, he was an all-pro last year. Right. Yeah, I don't – look, and here's my stance when it comes to quarterbacks. There's Patrick Mahomes, the alien – and then it's a bunch of what do you like? Just how it is for me. There's Patrick Mahomes by a country mile, and then hey, who you like, right? You know, well, Joe Burrow beat him. Well, Joe Burrow was the guy. And then, oh, but look what Josh Allen did in the playoffs. Oh, no, 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 look now he's the guy. And now here's, you know, Jalen Hurts. Well, look what he did in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes. And now he's the guy. We see this <laughs> a lot of whoever had a good playoff run with the young quarterback. Now they're the guy next or whatever. So I don't I think Jalen Hurts is really good. I think, you know, if you look at the extension of him playing in going back to even uh two years ago where they go to the playoffs what they do they dialed it back they ran the ball heavy ended up going nine and seven you know or i guess it was ten and seven. well i guess it was nine and seven. i can't remember if it was that the nine seven, and eight three. i think was it nine and eight okay yeah and you know go then they go down there in the bucks and them you know as they should have that year you know just got, got rid of them so you go into to this past year what they did they invested well you go got aj brown you're a you're a drafted smith you know you put things around him and you developed his passing game along with it from the year previous to this one. So you saw that. And, of course, maybe the best game he played was in the Super Bowl outside of him fumbling the ball and then losing. But, I mean, he had some throws in there like, man, I mean, he is dialing it up right now. So I don't know if he's overrated. I think we get caught in the moment a lot of times because of a player's recent success when they're young. Obviously, you got to do it for two years. When you're, when you're a quarterback, one year can happen. Show me for two years. And then we can kind of get into the pantheon of where he's at. But absolutely right now, I mean – I don't think Philly want to get rid of him, and I understand why. So, no, I don't, I don't say overrated. I think there's a lot to be said because he's in the division with Dak. So, we went through it when there was Carson Wentz, right? And it was Dak, Carson, Dak. And now, flip over, now it's Dak still here. And now it's, you know, Hurts and that. And so, a lot of that for us kind of gets muddled up, you know, 
with these conversations and things that are happening. I think on the I think on the overarching national media side of things, he's getting a lot of love right now, as he should. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, this year's going to tell a lot. The film's out. You're going to get some first-place schedule. You know, can you can, can you produce and, and, and take that next step in, in the passing game? We know what you can do with your legs. We always knew that, what he could do. Uh, but now how can he do and, and go forward? Like I said, threw the ball well last year, missed five games. You look at the stats that he had, what not, or four games, however many it was. And, and, you know, the jump from year one to year two playing, that is, was very big for him. So, I mean, if he does it again, the one thing I always talk about these young guys by year four, you know who they are. And not that there's not guys that make more, you know, get better or make bigger jumps, but your big jumps are usually in those first three to four years. And he's still in that curve. So where he's at right now, maybe not ranked high enough, but we'll let the games tell tell us the season where he's at. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned the the debate between Dak and Carson Wentz. And, of course, now you also talk about the the debate between Dak and Jalen Hurts of who's, who's being better. Uh, what does Dak need to do to, to – in that debate, if, if he were to win this game in the division, that is that enough to end that debate? I don't know. This is Dallas. This is Cowboys Nation. I don't look and replace Dak with another quarterback until they win a Super Bowl. It won't matter. Though, you can get a new quarterback in here, they'll love him for two years. He's the greatest thing since yeah. sliced bread. Look, we saw it. Look, in the in anyone in the chat, remember, hey, it, everyone was tired of Drew Bledsoe. Here comes Romo. Everybody loved Romo for two years. All right, the Romo injuries, things happen. Here comes Dak. Oh my God, Dak! Now it's all about Dak. Now, two, three years, Dak got paid, huh? Dak, you know. So, I mean, from the criticism standpoint, as far as a fan base or anything else, or, or looking at you know being better than Hurts. Look, there's definitely Cowboys fans that will say he's better than Hurts, right? But I just think in general, the over scope, the, the overarching scope is, it's Eagles wins the Super Bowl, and there will still be some people that will still chastise him for winning the Super Bowl somehow. It's just how it works. But I think that's really the thing, you know. As far as this game. Uh, could be very big for this division, right? That late in the year, what's going on, you know, and then that's what we're wanting to see because they played against, you know, Cooper Rush when they had Hurts. All right, well, we played against, uh, oh, it's uh, Minshew and when we had Dak. So definitely want to see those two guys at the helm of these teams get after it for sure. And, uh, you know, to the victory goes to Spoils, whoever wins the game definitely can walk around and say, hey, uh, our guy's better. All right, so – Back when, when Wentz and Dak happened, Dak, his rookie year, had a great year. In 2017, Wentz has a great year. They're both around the same age, drafted the same year. So that makes a lot of sense. Is yeah. it too early for Hurts, for there to be a Hurts-Dak debate, considering Dak's 30, he's been through so much, yada, yada? I mean, it should be, but that's no fun for division rivals, though, I guess, at the end of the day. But it should be, and that's why I said before when you the question we were talking about where he's ranked is it too high? Is he overlooked? You know, where is he at? I think that's just part of the equation here. He's just young, right? We need to see him do it another season and, and see where it goes from there. Um, so yeah, I mean, Dak's been there, done it. Of course, you know they got to say, well, he, he ain't made it to a Super Bowl, he made it to a championship game. That's yeah, fair. And Hurts went out there and he's accomplished that already. Uh, but he's got such a long ways to go. We kind of know where Dak is as a player. We don't ultimately know where Hurts is as a player. So that's a that'll be a part of the fun of this season unfolding and seeing what hurts grows into how that works. But as far as a direct you know competition and going against them, probably not. But I mean, they make these lists every year, you know, <laughs> whoever then they rank them wherever, and you know, Kirk Cousins and the whole nine and all these good stuffs. But you know, when you're in the division, you probably wouldn't get the same line, right? Let's say Hurts was playing for the Chargers, we probably wouldn't have we wouldn't be talking about it. But because he plays for the Eagles, 
it's always there. Uh, is it too soon? Probably so, because he's had one really good year. Can he follow it up? Meanwhile, Dak has done it for a long period of time. Yeah, very true, very true. All right, next, looking at this matchup, is this a win or a loss? Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, I messed something up here, but Paul got a really good question. I don't want him to skip it. Okay. At 26, did you want Dallas to draft Nolan Smith? I mean, I wouldn't have hated it. I wouldn't have hated it. No, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't have hated it. Uh, but, I, man, I, I try to tell people leading up, going all the way back to probably, like, February, I was like, they like Mozzie Smith a lot. They just do, and they always did. You know, I think for me, you know, still worrisome about the offensive line. And, like, look, I know we could probably wait a little bit longer, but, you know, Vila's right here. We just go ahead and scoop a guy. Then, of course, it turned out they did have offensive linemen, you know, in mind. It was going to be uh, Matthew Bergeron uh, out of Syracuse. So, I'm not mad. Look, again, I, if they took Nolan Smith, I'm not, I'm not complaining. But I'm not complaining either with Mozzie either because we – Needed another guy there in the middle. Uh, granted, they got Hankins back. Obviously, we're hopefully we see some more from uh, Quinn Bohana this year as well. You know, I, I, one of the linchpins that kind of messed up a little bit last year because of that and forcing this pick to a certain extent was the Ridgeway situation, right? Because they thought they could get cute, they could cut him, and they just bring him back to the practice squad. And Washington's like, "Oh, appreciate you, thanks." So they had to go and address it somehow. They liked Mozzie a lot, so I, I can't be mad at it. You, look, I like to have a guy like him in the middle and what they want to do now from a scheme standpoint, talking about they're not going to be in a lot of the stunts and stuff. It's going to be more pushing the pile forward, which is going to help the ends anyways. So, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and cry. I mean, if you've been known to be like, Hey, another guy, another rusher, let's go. So, but but I'm okay with Mozzie Smith overall. All right. Back to my question, Nick. Is this a win or a loss? Oh man, it's a a dub. It's June, man. It's a dub. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a dub. Philly. <laughs> Fair enough. Mike, how about you? I have not put a division loss yet, and I'm not going to here. If Dak's oh, wow. healthy, we we beat the NFC. He whoops on the NFC East. He just does. He, he is always prepared for those games. And if he's starting and we have something to play for, it's yeah. really rough to beat us. Big facts. Big time game, big time moments. We've seen Dak, you know, ha- have a lot of uh, success in those moments, but I'm going to like you guys, I'm giving Dallas a dub here as well. Let's go. The trifecta. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Here we are. Week 15 at the Buffalo Bills. In 2022, the Bills' regular season record was 13-3. and Their playoff record was 1-1. One one. They lost in the divisional round to the Cincinnati Bengals. And in 2023, their strength of schedule is the seventh most difficult. A key stat from 2022, Stephon Diggs was top five in receptions, receiving yards, and TDs. Nick, you look at these Bills. Are they the Cowboys of the AFC? Kinda, I kind of, I kind of feel like the Chargers are too, but kinda, you know, to to a certain extent, just because you know, obviously it's been a long time. Didn't you know? Didn't you know? You thought there's opportunity there for them to get to the championship game. You know, the 13 seconds, if you will, even against Kansas City and what happened there. Um, I think they missed a big opportunity last year, and I think what we also learned was, oh, uh, Brian Dyball meant a lot to them. You know, as we're talking about the Eagles with coordinators, right, moving on. We saw what Brian D did in New York and, you know, getting them to the playoffs and, and whatnot. And you kind of saw they had some situational problems at times with the offense, you know. So there's a little bit of a step back for them in that, in that, in that resolve. Um, 
But yeah, I don't know. I, I lean more Chargers are kind of like the Cowboys. And this is before, obviously, uh, Killamore went over there uh, to them. But I always kind of the Chargers kind of like the Cowboys. But there, there's an argument there. Uh, Bills, 90s, four straight, the whole nine, seeing the ups and downs and, and things they've been through. There's definitely some some uh, ties that bond there for sure, Paul, for sure. How about similar, uh, similarities in Josh Allen and Dak Prescott? Do you see similarities in their games? Not not really, to be honest with you. I mean, look, Josh Allen is has a cannon on his arm. You know, he had he had accuracy issues coming out of college. Getting players around him has definitely helped that part of his game for sure. Running style, they don't run the same. He runs like a, and this is the biggest thing I think for his career is he, he and I'm I've said this for two years, he runs the ball too much like Cam Newton. He's gonna use his body up because he's six five, he wants to impose his will, do those things. It's great, but if you want to be in this game a long time. I mean, I'm sure Cam Newton pick up the phone and tell him, hey, man, don't do it as much as I did. And you see what's happening right now because his shoulder's basically shot now. Um, so I, I, I kind of look at it like that as compared to that. Tight window throws, completion percentage, stuff like that, that's that's his game. Now, can he get – they never completely used him in the running, you know, inside the 10. You get some read options, though, easy walk as we've seen those things. We've seen him use his legs. But it's more it, – it's not as much as how – and, of course, some of this is because we had a run game as compared since Josh Allen's been there. The run game's been very suspect at best, so they needed him to go do those things. So I think the games are just different that way. I think, again, more of a Cam Newton-style runner. Uh, I think Dex more of a, I don't say Russ Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, but more of the, hey, I'll get out here and let me get over here, especially since the injury, and kind of take care of the body. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, one thing, you know, similar to kind of Dak and Hurts is people, more so in the media, they always seem to have Dak and Josh Allen in the same conversation. They'll, they'll rank Josh Allen ahead of Dak. Mm-hmm. You know, why do you think that is? Why, why do you think people rank Allen ahead of, Doc, of Dak? Uh, playoff success. The, basically, that run that he had in the game that he played against Kansas City is what it boils yeah. down to. The lights were on. They were big. He played a hell of a game. No events or buts about it. Left 13 seconds, unfortunately. But, I mean, just that game in general, <laughs> what he did, you know, just really catapulted him, you know, forward. And it's just kind of that. Because, I mean, again, you get into, like, the turnovers and stuff like that. He uh, had a problem with turnovers last year. Those are just the facts. And I ain't talking about just interceptions. Fumbles as well, too. And, you know, he's had a little bit of that in his wheelhouse of turning the ball over here and there. Doesn't been able to mask it by a good defensive coach coming there, playing better defense. And, again, you, you got Diggs. You, know, you got him a guy to throw the ball to and do those things. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's just realistic. He's going to get the nod over him, you know, 6'5", laser rocket arm to quote Peyton Manning from one, from long ago. And, of course, again, the first thing you, people hear Josh Allen, they think about the Kansas City game and what he did in that game. So, question. We, we know Allen has the better arm. A little bit better runner. Mm-hmm. Is Josh Allen a better, just a better player than Dak Prescott? He's more physically talented, but it takes more than physical, though. You know, you know. I mean, again, the the arm and, and the body, the the size, even right profile, all that's fantastic. Um, doesn't equate that you're a better football player because you know, especially when you're a quarterback, right? You got leadership has to matter in, in how you handle yeah. uh, that role, uh, not just in front of the cameras, but also you know, in the locker room around your guys. And uh, the intangible stuff, too, as well, um, you know, understanding what's happening in a play, you know, different things, uh, awareness, if you will. So, yeah, I don't think 
I'm okay with somebody saying that Josh Allen is a better quarterback than that. It's fine. But I don't think it's as wide as a gap as a lot of people want to say it is. Is where I would land. You know, hey, do you like the big arm better? Okay, cool. Surrounded with some guys. But I think Dak overall and what he does, not just physically, but how he's always done things, you know, coming up, you know, whether it's college on into uh, the NFL, I think matters a lot. And that makes him special. And a lot of the quarterbacks in this league don't have that. Yeah, Noah Brown saying that uh, C.J. Stroud was leadership like uh, like Dak Prescott. That, that was some big words. People, you know, people want to laugh at because it's yeah. Dak. Yeah. But- and did you see Cole Beasley quote tweeted that and said, "Bar none, the best leader I ever played with was Dak Prescott." And I mean, mm. I he played with Josh Allen, so yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. I didn't see that. Wow, that's yeah. I like seeing that because Beasley, you know, kind of. Left on somewhat bad terms, and he, he wrote Cowboys Nation yeah, the wrong he threw, way. He threw, some, he threw some daggers at at the old organization a little bit when he got out. He ain't yeah. a couple. <laughs> yeah. All right, next you look at this matchup between Dallas and, and the Bills. What would a win against this Bills team say to you about the Cowboys? They can win in cold weather because it's going to be cold. <laughs> I mean, there, there uh, at that point in time, you know, and when you're in that part of the season, if you go up there and you're able to get that kind of win against that kind of team in that kind of weather. Let's yeah. show, hey, we're ready to roll for the playoffs. We can go play anywhere now. I think would be the biggest thing that would sell me on this. Okay, doesn't matter what this temperature is, anything else. Because remember last year, all oh, grass games, grass games, and all that stuff, you know, started floating around. So here will be something to the antithesis of that saying, hey, man, cold weather or not, they're going to go out and get the job done. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. here it is. Let's test Nick's homerism. Okay. They're going up and winning in cold weather in December in Buffalo? No. They're losing. <laughs> Cold. You just came off two very big games back to back. Yeah, hey man, <laughs> we'll find out. But yeah, I don't. I don't think. I mean, and at that point, the Cowboys come off of those two victories and are set in a good spot too. I mean, look, Bubba's got a tough division now. You know, that boy Aaron Rodgers is over there now. We know what Miami's building. You know, man, they might be fighting in that week. They might be fighting for everything at that moment, and the Cowboys might be in a position where they're not fighting so hard. You know, so, but yeah, I mean, that cold weather, hey, look, I'm not a believer in the cold weather for them. I don't, I don't know if they're ready to go out here and win in this cold weather. So right now in June, I'm like, no, I don't, I think it's an L for them up there. Mike, how about you? I think the defense is going to step up and play enormous mm-hmm. and it ain't going to be enough. And it's going to be, uh... a, this can be one of those stretches where people get up. We're going to have a good, I, I have us at this point at 11 and two. And then losing to go eleven and three, yeah. and I still think it's going to be a well. Here we go, same you know, old the, Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, same old Cowboys. Defense <laughs> steps up, but the offense yeah. couldn't get it done. Yeah. Is Mike McCarthy should he have kept Kellen Moore? Is yeah. that the guy? Even at right. eleven and three, yeah. I see it happening it's that true. whole week. The script writes itself, Mike. The script writes yeah. itself. <laughs> Absolutely, and I, I just don't see. I mean, Buffalo's good. They need to win games in the division, as Nick said. It is cold weather, and they're it's just two good teams, and they're yep. they're gonna lose a road game coming off of. I mean, Nick spelled it out perfectly. Coming off of two big games, you lose a game. You're not gonna go undefeated. Yep. Big facts. Yeah, for me, I I think the Cowboys are another another big moment for Dak and the defense and Mike McCarthy. I think they win a win this big game and kind of cross something off the checklist there, winning a, a tough weather game. I like it. I like I'm, I'm pulling for your 
Yeah, I'm me too. Years, <laughs> yeah. I, I believe it. This is that's the one game that I'm like, they're not winning that one. That's yeah. that's the game on the schedule. I'm like, that ain't happening. Well, you know, right, here we are. Maybe if it snows just enough and they move it to Minnesota, we can win. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> blizzard, right? Yeah, get that oh, blizzard yeah. going. Oh, we can't play, guys. We got to move the game. All right, cool. <laughs> For real. All right, here we are, week 16 at Miami Dolphins. In 2022, the uh, Dolphins' regular season record was 9-8. and eight. Uh, Their playoff record was 0-1. Uh, they lost in the wild card game. And their 2023 strength of schedule is the second most difficult in the NFL. A key stat from the Dolphins in 2022, they were one of two teams to make the playoffs in the AFC and not have double-digit wins. Nick, you look at this Miami offense. Um, is this, is Miami's offense the best offense Dallas will face this season? It'll definitely be the fastest. There ain't no offense or buts about that. I mean, whether it's Waddle yeah. or Hill, they drafted uh, H-A-N out of A&M. You know, mm. I mean, they're going to be fast. Uh, yeah. Will it be the best? I don't know. It'll be the best. It's definitely gonna be oh, the best, really? though. I don't. I don't. Man, look, Philly. Philly's got a really damn good offense, <laughs> you know. And here's the thing: I, can I buy Tua being there? Is Tua even gonna be healthy by then? I, I'm very worried about mm, the long term things when it comes to Tua. So, yeah. yeah I, I just, man, they'll definitely be the fastest if Tua's there and they're making the the strides. Then yeah, absolutely. They they they're in the running. I mean, they're not. I'm not saying like they're a bum, you know, office by any stretch, right? Uh, right. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're up there. They're probably the top three offense that we'll face this year, for sure. Okay, I agree. I'd have Philly ahead of them too, Nick. Okay, yeah. Um, as far as play callers go, we know Andy Reid clearly. We know Sean McVay, uh, Kyle Shanahan, and now Sean Payton's back, and 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 he's been a pretty good one. Is uh, Mike McDonald, uh, Mike McDaniel, the next guy in line there? The next young up and coming guy like that? Boy, going to find out, aren't we? Uh, and of course, coming from the 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 old uh, what you call it tree over there in San Francisco, uh, Shanahan, um, doing a lot of doing a lot of you know similar stuff, right? We have a plethora of backs that we got speed over here. We're running them, you know, all to the edges and and whatnot. So. Uh, he spent he, he he definitely took care of business when he was out there in San Francisco to understand and what he wants to do. So, yeah, there's things uh, watching him as I got a couple of my closest friends, they're Dolphins fans. So I definitely you know chime in, watch them. But I thought like he had it together last year, just from design things he was doing. You know, obviously even after going, I mean, I mean, he was juggling three quarterbacks at one point, still got into the playoffs. You know, and even with like the third string quarterback, almost beat the Bills on the road. You know, uh, so yeah, not. I think he's there. You know, I think they're going to find out if two is the guy or not for them because that might be just because it's simple, not nothing about his talent or anything else, just from a health standpoint. Because if they want to build around and everything, they got to give him his guy. And I think we all agree. Like, you know, when it comes to a head coach, they got to have their trigger man. You know, they got to have their guy at the helm that they want to run with and get things rolling. And I think that's maybe the biggest thing they have to figure out for them. Is the Tua in Mike McDaniel, is this a long-term marriage? Do it's a pivot, maybe do something else at quarterback. So, but yeah, no, I think I think Mike is very smart. I think he understands the lay of the land very well. Uh, and navigating Miami is not really the easiest because of some of the ownership stuff they've had over the past few years. He did a great job with that too last year. And I think the players noticed that as well. That's why they play hard for him. So yeah, I think uh Mike's definitely on the right trajectory, though. I like I like what he's doing over there, Miami. 
you know, offense being the kind of the name of the game here with this Miami matchup. You, you talked about the speed with the wide receivers and running backs. What do you think Dan Quinn should do to, to contain this Miami offense? Destroy the quarterback. <laughs> I mean, you already know. I, I mean, you already know Silas. And I, I, look, go get him. You know, I mean, I think that's just it. If you can't, you can't get it to them people if the quarterback's on his back. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that's. And right now you got more what a time to be alive, you know. Oh, Connor Williams over there uh, holding out <laughs> right now. My what a year changes or so. Um, so they're still trying to figure some things out. Now his scheme helps this offensive line a lot too, but they had a lot of injuries on the offensive line last year. How's that offensive line coming together? So I think for the Cowboys, uh, you know, you just got to get you got to get to two if he's there. I think that's really the big key to neutralize that offense. And the good thing about it for them on the other side though too is. They've got an up-close personal look at the San Francisco run game two times now, right? So they yeah. know what to look for, you know, and they'll play them before, and they'll play San Francisco before we get to them anyways next year. So three times. So you have a pretty good idea of what you – they won't be surprised by it. You know, they're going to know what the scheme and the run game is going to look like, so they'll be able to prepare for it. So I just think, hey, be, be mindful of what the scheme does running the ball, you know, and I think, uh, man, just – Unleash, unleash the, the the hounds, if you will, and go touch that quarterback is what they really need to do to neutralize that speed. Because yeah, like if he's up too long, that speed is going to get open. Ain't nothing. Look, you only cover for so long in this league. Yeah, that time shrinks covering those guys. Shoo. Ooh. Just think about it. it; gives me cold sweats. Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, perfect transition with the speaking of the running backs. Should Dallas look to build their running back room like Miami and and use the running back position the way uh, the way the Dolphins use it? Well, they're getting close. I mean, you look at the the baby guys, and that's kind of one of the big ticket items I've been talking about on the spaces and and around the way is. Let me and let me ask you all. Now, we saw they would carry just two. That's it. That they carry two. They'd be uh, it was Zeke and uh, and uh, Pollard. That's it. I don't know how many they're going to carry this year. It's it's a fun game. How many how many do you think they're going to carry this year, Mike? Does does uh, Hunter count as a running back, fullback, or tight end? They can they can be they can get they can get tricky because they can make him tight end four. They can get that, tricky. That's what I think. It's I think he's going to be tight end four. Yeah. Uh, McKeon's going to go down to practice squad as he mm-hmm. did a lot of the time last year, mm-hmm. and I think they'll end up having three running backs. It'll be uh, Pollard. Malik Davis, one of the other guys. If if Rojo looks like a guy who could be a short yeah. yardage, that's fine. If the kid dowled, that's oh Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn Deuce, will be in there yeah. for sure. Yeah. So yeah, they probably get Rojo down and they probably uh, <coughs> uh cut um uh Rico. Yeah, let yeah. him go to practice squad. I, I'm a I'm a Davis fan. I know mm. Malik Davis, a lot of people got pissed at him because he kind of he kind of was like, hey, look, y'all, I can run better than Zeke. I'm sorry to tell y'all, y'all giving him top 10 carries, and I can't get any carries, and he, I can hit those holes he's not hitting. Yeah. And it, you know, pissed off Kellen Moore. It probably upset Dak is, you know, Zeke's his friend and everything. But I like that personally. I yeah. want my guys to go, we're not getting the ball. I'm better than him. Like, yeah. I, I want my guys to be competitive like that. So I, I think with Moore out the door, I think Malik Davis is going to make the team. Um, Dowdle's going to be the, going to be the one. Cause, cause everybody likes him. If he comes back off his yeah. injury, he was a special teams guy. He was a good runner. Mm-hmm. That's the guy. That's a tough call. 
Mm, so you're carrying four. Well, we're, we're hiding Lipke at tight end, but yeah. technically you're carrying four. Okay, Paul, how many? How many you think they're gonna carry? Hey, Mike, that's more than I do. So I'll piggyback off him. I'll say four. Four. Okay. I yeah, mean, they're definitely do spawn Pollard, and I don't know. I mean, I kind of you know I'm with Mike when he said you know liking Malik Davis's attitude. You want that kind of attitude, that personality with this team, especially the way that you know we're kind of building building this this team. So I like, you know, at least three of those three, I would imagine. Yeah, I think, you know, and, and everyone gets caught up. I'm not trying to steer off, but it's funny because it keeps, keeps gets caught up on power back. And I'm like, look, a power back isn't the same thing as a short yardage back. They're two different things. Yeah. You know, I think people get too caught up on the power back scenario things. I'm like, no, no, no. You got guys who can get you short yardage here, guys. They're, it's there. Yeah. I know it's not what Zeke did and everything else. I understand that side of it. I'm like, but there's a difference between a power back and a short yardage back. one. And I said, too, and I, I implore people all the time. I'm like, man, y'all can't look at this. How Kellen Moore was running this thing. It's different. They're going to run multiple guys. It's not going to be just two yards in the cloud of dust with, with one guy and the other guy just when he gets tired goes in. It's going to be very different. So I'm excited. It's one of the most things I'm excited for once training camp and these preseason games get rolling, just seeing how they're used and everything else. I'm with you guys. I think Hunter, they can kind of stash tight end four. I just don't see a way that they're not going to carry three. And I think, and I think absolutely. I think, I think Deuce Vaughn's a lock. Pollard, obviously. Yeah. And then who is it going to be? Is it going to be Davis or Rojo? It'll be one of those two. And I think Rick Dowdle ends up on the practice squad or something like that. I think that's where it would land. They, they, um, the Malik Davis is really good in the past game. And if you go watch either one, uh, Schottenheimer mm-hmm. or, or, uh, McCarthy, they throw to Kellen Moore does not throw to the yeah. running back. He no. just didn't. It was one of my most frustrating things. He would just have the running back swing out all the That's time. It. Yeah. <laughs> that is not going to happen in this offense. And Correct. Malik Davis is a weapon mm. catching the ball. He will, he's not Deuce Vaughn. Right. He he is a really good pass catcher, and he yeah. he's going to help in that area. Yeah, I'm excited to see it, man. To see it uh, un- unloading and how they get after it. You know, I mean, just even you know, hearing uh McCarthy talk about Deuce Vaughn talk about, yeah, I had a guy, you know, Reggie, you know, uh Cobb. I was like, oh, Randall Cobb action. I mean, what are we doing here? Do- throwing the running backs? Ah, it's so crazy. <laughs> what a novel thought in 2023. But yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> He, he yes, put sir. wide receivers at running back like Cobb because yeah. he wants to throw to them. He's not yeah. a he's not a traditional running guy. He'll get his rush yards throwing mm-hmm. to the running back. He has no issues doing that. Big facts. I'm excited for right. it. Well, we've talked a lot about of the, the the good with the Miami offense. Uh, Nick, what is one weakness you see with this Miami team? They got to figure out their offense a lot more, for sure. Uh, some of that was health, some of it wasn't health. You know, they, they definitely need to figure some things out offensive line wise. I think tight ends a little bit of a, a bugaboo for him as well on that front. Um, now quarterbacks, they should be a lot better. You know, they drafted a guy, they went and, and, and made the trade for uh, um, what's the guy? What's the name? Everybody wanted him, Jalen Ramsey. Lord help me, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Jalen Ramsey. You know, uh, linebackers, okay. Depends on their edges because they made the trade last year, right? They made the big trade for uh, Chubb and got him in there and whatnot. They didn't get after the quarterback well last year, though. They did not, and you know they had they had some veteran guys over there. They had some young guys as well, but their their pass rush wasn't wasn't really good last year. So it'll be interesting to see now they have Chubb there, you know, for a full off season how that turns around. But I'd say uh, ultimately, pass rush and and offensive lines are two bugaboos, though. 
that they got to really figure out here during training camp. I'm interested to see if the three names of Jalen Ramsey, Byron Jones, and uh, assuming Byron Jones, and uh, and Xavier uh, Howard, if if those names play up to what we know those names to be. Right. You know, will they be high overall Madden guys? But mm-hmm. when you play them in the actual games, they're not playing like that. You know, right. I'm, I'm interested to see that next year. Well, and look, and as I said people before, Jalen Ramsey has been getting cooked for a year and a half now. I know people don't want to hear that, but it's true. He has been. You dial up the tape and see it. You know, and the thing for them, going back to the pass rush, they'll be fine covering, but they can't generate that pass rush more than they could like they did last year. I mean, they'll have some issues. And don't forget about all, uh, oh, who's our, who's our guy, the safety from uh, Oregon out there, too. How, uh, Howard? No. Holland. There we yeah. go. So they, got, so they got guys back there. You know, but if they can't get that pass rush moving, uh, they'll, they'll get they'll, they'll I mean they'll get they'll get they'll get cooked. Yeah, I mean it'll happen. I mean, and Xavier Xavier Howard is an interesting watch because he gets he gets interceptions, and you you think he'll and he'll give up some plays, but you would think maybe it's because he's gambling from the interceptions. That's really not as bad though. It's really not. It's really interesting. Like the ways that he does get beat more times or not are just a step wrong here, a step wrong there. But it's not really a chance taker like a like a Marcus Peters was, if you will. So it's it, he's a he's an interesting watch and in how he plays the position because he'll end up with these interceptions and he does get beat for yards, but it's not in the way that I imagine when I turn the tape on of how he was getting beat. We're getting a winner loss here. Dub man, we losing Miami. Oh wow! Look, we left the cold weather. We went, we went down there, got warmed up. Like oh oh yes, let's just shake off that loss real quick in Buffalo down here on South Beach and get this dub and get this win. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you guys. Mike, like, how about you? I I I put my record going in as either twelve and five or thirteen and four, mm-hmm. and I was looking for losses, and I was like, I'll just put Miami as a loss. Okay. They got a lot of speed. <laughs> they got some playmakers on defense. Maybe Jack throws an interception or two. Yeah. You know, a, a couple of big plays. Maybe Mike McDaniel's. You know how teams get. This is the game we're gonna come out with some stuff. Oh, yeah. All the eyes are going to be on us. So I see something where the maybe the defense gives up more than they normally do, and they mm-hmm. they lose a second straight. The media gets to get their end of the year craziness oh, yeah. the playoffs, and and that that's just I'm just going to say they lose it. I don't okay. know if I believe it, but I, I I could see it. I could see it. Right, talented team, playoff team, yeah. yeah. Yeah, after after back to back physical games versus Philadelphia and Buffalo, man, I got to give us an L. You know, the Miami's offense is gonna is a little too fast for us. Our defense is kind of probably gonna, you know, get beat more often than not, and I don't think Dak is gonna make enough plays to to put us over the top. Okay, it's the, when I was when I was going over that game, man, you know what it, you know what it was that gets me is I'm like, damn, they got a lot of speed and they can get us, but man, our pass rush should eat them up. So, like, can they develop those long? Because yeah. if you just do the short stuff, it, it's going to be hard for you to beat. You you got to – it's going to be hard for Hill and Waddle to just get five-yard passes and break on our defense. Yeah. They tackle. And they so, tackle. like, I, I honestly don't really – I'm just giving us this loss because some freak thing. Somewhere in there in those wins that I put straight, there's going to yeah. be a weird loss. And okay. that game, the Miami game, will actually be a win. Right. When I'm doing the record. I was just like, oh, whatever, Miami. Sure, we lost. 
There it is. <laughs> like it. Right. Gotta make these numbers match up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. All right, here we are, week 17 versus the Detroit Lions. In the 2022, their regular season record was nine and eight. They missed the playoffs, and their strength of schedule is the 13th easiest, a key 2022 stat for the Lions. They won the same amount of games as the Giants and Seahawks, had a better division record, yet they still missed the playoffs. Why both the Giants and Seahawks made the playoffs. Knicks, you look at Dan Campbell. Is he a good coach or just a good motivator? Wherever he's putting the water is working. I don't know which one that is, but wherever he's putting that water up there in Detroit is working. I mean, look, he says the things that you want to hear a football coach say, right? And you know, it'll it'll be interesting. We'll find out. We'll find about how good of a coach he is. Right now, he's a hell of a motivator, and he has a plan, and they're using it. Yeah. But motivation only takes you so far. And there, there used to be a guy that coached up there by the name of uh, Wayne. What was his last name? Uh. Yeah, uh, the age uh, or something. Anyways, had a couple good years. Got him to a NFC Championship game. He was a player's coach, very motivated. And then the wheels started coming off because the coaching wasn't quite as good as the motivation. So I think Wayne Hazinga. No, that's not it. No, that's the owner. That's the owner. What? Anyway, I'll go back and look it up. But um, that's the thing with him. You know, the motivation of things are happening in the right realms of what's going on now. And we'll find out. You know moving forward, but, I mean, hey, he, he said, man, we're going to come out there, we're going to put two kneecaps off, you know, get out there, like, hey, I'm, I'm old, but I'm ready to, I'll run through a wall for him real quick. I at least got one more wall in me, I think, so yeah, I, I think he's a massive motivator. I think, here's the thing, you got Todd to the hit with the, with the GM, they have a plan and they're executing the plan, because people look at their draft and say they completely blew their first two, their, their two first-round picks. Those are guys that, but you look at who they drafted, that's exactly Dan Campbell guys. So I'm like, hey, nine and eight, we're they're they're getting things moving in the right direction. I, let me see it on the field first. Like, this is who they want to go draft. I'm uh, until you show me otherwise, you know, uh, we're going to get after. You. And then of course they traded Swift, made even more sense why they went and got the running back. But yeah, I, I'm I'm extremely excited to see. You know, that division is going to be very different this year because with the Bears, what they got going on, obviously Aaron Rodgers is out. I mean, it's a, a whole new NFC North in a lot of ways and. Uh, Detroit's definitely, I think, going to be leading the charge. But Chicago's scary, too, though, for for different reasons. Yeah, that uh, – I'll tell you what. He may only be a great motivator, but he hired one hell of an offensive coordinator, and that helps. That part. I, I blanked on his friggin' name, which makes me mad. Now we're both irritated by forgetting names. It's true. <laughs> for real. Is, uh, is uh, Jerry Goff underrated, or is he more a product of the OC that we're – forgetting his name and the environment you know here's the, i think the rams gave up on him too soon to be honest you know like you got to the super bowl next year kind of happened you didn't get back to the super bowl and you made a move i never thought golf was was completely trash you know i know i'm still like people with different things and you know we heard uh you know some of the play calls and nasty and some some of his stuff or whatever the case is. But boy, he looked like he had it put together pretty well last year, you know, and what he was doing in Detroit. So maybe the Rams need look, they got a Super Bowl out of it. So I mean they I mean ultimately the trade works for them. They got the Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford. It is what it is. But I, it felt like they maybe gave up on him too soon. And we've seen how he's played in Detroit. And I mean he phenomenal job. It'll be very intriguing to see what he does this year. 
in uh, making so you might, he might tell him with the old Gino uh, line. They wrote me off, but I didn't write back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you talk kind of touched on the on the Detroit Lions draft picks, but in your opinion, Nick, when when you look at the premium draft capital that, that they had do you think they that was a mis, misuse of those picks or do you, do you think they went with like a best player available kind of a, a win now approach to the draft i think just went and got their guys to be honest i just think that's like hey we wanted these guys we don't really care and we're going to take them here you know yeah. uh i think this is what it kind of boiled down to i, I think you know on their big board I'm, i don't think 13th was the running back i don't think so but maybe i'm wrong you know um and then, look, I, I love the linebacker. I mean, I mean, you go to Iowa and get a linebacker, you feel pretty good about it, right? But, again, I don't think he was probably – where was their second pick? 22, 23, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. early 20s. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to admit this probably not the highest guy on their board, but they want guys who want to do things their way. And I think it's just what they did. And, of course, them trading Swift made all the more sense later while they went that route, you know, what was going on. But, yeah, I, I don't I don't think – I just – I think they just had a plan and they want their guys – they're going to execute it. And that's always fun when you get when you get somebody in the league and they just do things their own way and differently. It shakes things up. It's fun to watch and see because if it works, I guarantee you, all these we hear, well, you don't draft a running back here. Well, don't take the linebacker, all this stuff. But if what they're doing works, all of a sudden you go see another team do it. And then you'll start hearing the, the national scope of this, like, well, you could take them here, but you know, you got to be this. You know, it'll it'll change the narrative. Just like their own version of Moneyball. But it's all about biting kneecaps off. <laughs> did you? Uh, did you? Have you guys seen the movie Draft Day? Kevin Costner. Oh yes. You know how he wrote down on that paper, no matter what. No this matter kind what. Of That's what felt yeah. Detroit was at. Detroit yeah. was like Jamar Gibbs, no matter what. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Campbell linebacker. Yeah. Jack Campbell. Campbell. Jack. Yeah. Jack Campbell. Yeah. No, matter no matter what. what. That, that's what it. That's what those picks felt like. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, as far as uh, Detroit, how they've built their team, do you prefer wide receivers like uh, St. Brown or are you a Jamison Williams type guy? Man. If you can perform, I like you. <laughs> how about that? I like St. Brown's game, though. You know, no disrespect to Jamison Williams, uh, Williams by any stretch. I just like St. Brown's game. Whatever you need him to do, he can just go do it. You know, yeah. you can go get this ball. I got you. Uh, oh, you need me to blow past somebody? I got you. I mean, just give me the block downfield. You know, he, he does that very well. He's just one of those guys, like, whatever you want from that position, he'll give to you. And I just like those kind of guys. Not that not that Jimmy Wilson can do some of those things, but he's a little more of a specialized player, but they're going to use him for what they do. St. Brown is, like I tell people, like, if Noah Brown could actually, if he was better, look, no disrespect to Noah Brown, he's he's who he is in this league. He's a fourth, he should be about your fourth or fifth wide receiver, great special teams guys. He's a great professional athlete. But, boy, if you injected the DNA of St. Brown, that's what Noah, what Noah Brown does well. St. Brown does all that in them some is what he does. I definitely like that album. Art Monk, if you're old enough, he just reminds me of friggin' Art Monk. Yeah. Whatever you need. Whatever you need from Art Monk, same thing. Whatever you needed. You need me to crack back? Cool. Oh, you need me to run this drag? Got you. Oh, you need me to beat somebody deep? Not a problem. Whatever you want. Yeah, Art Muckman, phenomenal player. Yeah, and and he was never, like, fast. He was never nope. – you you would be like, how did I get beat by a 50-yard pass by that guy? You know, I thought he was just the underneath threat. No, no, whatever you need. Whatever you need. I got you. Got a little wiggle. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. 
so next I, I think you already answered this question but just for clarification mm-hmm. here uh are the lions the best team in the nfc north if they're not one a they're one b chicago did a lot chicago got better last year and they did a lot this offseason but i gotta yeah. see it come together I, I know the lions is already coming together i gotta see how the how the bears put it together but they're they're Right now, on June before I, June twentieth, yes, they're the best team in the NFC North right now, in my opinion. Yes, let's go Bears, my dad's favorite team. Yeah, let's yeah. Go. My, my, my preseason, I might be like, no, nah, I think it's the Bears. But for now, yes, on June twentieth, I'm going to put the Lions in there. <laughs> but Bears soon. Fair, fair. You think? Uh, do you think this game's the most important game of the season? It could be. You know uh, how the how the season falls. You know wins, losses, stuff like that. Uh, the Lions game definitely it, it can be playing for a lot of different things. It can be playing for their playoff life, our playoff life. Um, is it you know? Do you need to get another conference win for a tiebreaker, if you will, uh, to maybe win the division? You know, so that time of year, you know, a lot of the games are big if you're in the mix. So it, it could it could definitely come down to be the biggest. Absolutely, it, it, the. The ingredients for it to be the most meaningful game are there. Now, whether the ship gets them right or not, we don't know. But yes, definitely, definitely opportunity for it to be the biggest game of the year for him. All right, next here we are, week seventeen versus the Lions. Will this be a win or a loss? Maybe we can't lose to the Lions. Hopefully, our wow. kneecaps are hopefully our kneecaps are good and strong. They're covered <laughs> all nine, so they get chewed off. Uh, I don't think the defense still got a ways to go. You know, the offense is really good. We didn't talk about their defense yet. Hey, I got to see some more other defense. I know they had some pieces and things are going on. This Cowboys offense is going to be humming, though. So I'm going to go, no, I think the Cowboys are going to win against the Lions. Mike, how about you? Yeah, I'm I'm right there, I, especially defensively. I don't I don't know if they're ready. I'm I'm going to be honest with you guys. They they might be the best team in the, in the NFC North. They might be. But I do believe they're a little overrated. I, mm. I think teams are making – Detroit has a great offensive line. Maybe, possibly this year could be the best in football, depending yeah. on how healthy the Eagles are and how much their uh, their new guard, you know, mm. mixes things up. So that always helps. When you have an, a, a great offensive line, it's going to make you look better than even you are. Um, but when you match up against us and we have a great front, we're going to cause problems. You know, their receivers aren't, you know, uh, St. Brown, great player, Art Monk, all of yeah. them, great player. He's still got to get open on Diggs and Gilmore and Bland regularly. Like they, they don't have those, those guys. I don't know if they're going to be able to push us around, you know, mm. and their defense should not be able to stop us if we're healthy. So, right. I, I think we handled Detroit a little bit better than than people would assume looking at it right now. You know, I think they bounced back off their two straight losses in my eyes, and they, they beat uh, Detroit. Boom. Yeah, I, uh, I, don't, I don't see Dallas losing back-to-back games. They have a nice bounce back here against a, a tough Lions team that it'll be – I don't think it'll come down to the, to the fourth quarter similar to what we saw – uh, you know, when the Lions shot this last season and we had to have that big fourth quarter, you know, some turnovers to to make a uh, – turn that close close game into a lopsided win for the Cowboys. Tempo. Like All it. right, here we are. Week 18 at the Commanders. 
Nick, you look at this game week 18, you know, sometimes you're playing for something most of the time, most of the time you're not, but right. if Dallas can't improve their playoff seating, should they rest their starters? Yeah. I mean, if they can, you know, if, if the number one seeds online, you got to play, you yeah. have to play. Definitely. If the number one seeds online, Mm, outside of that, I don't know. I, I, if you if you're going to get the buy-in, get the buy-in. You know, uh, is it really? You look if you're a, a, a four seed. Okay, I mean, I don't know. Like playing for first and foremost, and again, this is all very specific at the time frame of what's going on, what the injuries kind of look like as well for the team. And that's one thing I don't like about the schedule is the Cowboys. Um, their bye week is very early. Which is which sucks. <laughs> they need to do, and, I, and I've been on this for since they went to seventeen games. They need two bye weeks. They need one in the first half. They need one in the second half. Let's you know the NFL. I saw about player safety. Well, let's start showing it a little bit more, if you will, and get two bye weeks in here. One in the first half, one in the second half. But um, if you can play for the number one seed, yes. And then it's case by case after that, depending on what's on the line exactly, wherever the case may be. Uh, there's some instances where I'm like, yeah, we need to play for this. And there's others that's like, no, let's rest them. You know, I think number one seed is the only advocate where I'm like, no, we got to play for the one seed. Outside of that, it's a case-by-case scenario for me. Some will be yes, some will be no. What if it's for – what if Dak has a chance to break the Cowboys' regular season throwing record or or Parsons has a chance to break the sack record? Do you do you play your guys even if nothing's on the line if you're going for a record? Very limited. <laughs> you you got a quarter. You better get it done. You know, uh, we're, we're trying to play for something bigger, you know, obviously, uh, than those personal records. You know, funny enough, I think Dak probably wouldn't play. I definitely think Michael would be out there ready to play, though. <laughs> I know he is, but so, yeah, I, I think if you if you want someone to have an opportunity like that, you know, you just have to be smart and say, hey, look, do whatever you got to do to make sure you get there as quickly as you can so you can get them out of the game and then move forward. If you got nothing to play for, Mike needs a second and a half. All right, sir, you got a quarter. Get out there and get it. And then if not, hey, get back over here. Let's wrap you in bubble wrap and get ready for these playoffs. <laughs> but there's a lane that you can let them do some things. Yeah, if you know, let's just say uh, Dallas can improve their seating, but they need more than just a win to do it. Should they play their starters? Now nah, you should have took care of business already okay. in, in that form. You know, if it's I got to win and then some things got to happen just for a exactly, different team. Yeah. yeah I'm like, right. if it ain't the number one seed in that scenario, no. If it's not the, the number one seed's a chance, yes, you play. If it's just different seeding, nah. You, you, you've had seven, you've had 16 games to get there. Let's, let's get everybody healthy. Let's get ready for this playoff run. I would say that if it need, if it was us to win and need more, if it's not the number one seed, I'm out. I'm just, no, we're going to sit these guys and uh, get ready for uh, next week in the playoffs. Yeah, I know this game was. Oh, oh sorry. I was just going to say no, they ahead, had Mark. that scenario last year where they technically still could have got the one seed with mm-hmm. some things happening, and they basically yeah. didn't play. You know, they played half-hearted. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, you know, I, I know this game probably won't mean much, Nick's, but I'm curious. Looking at this game, will, will this be a, a win or a loss, even with uh, without our starters? This will be a loss because the Cowboys have the number one seed locked up. They're not playing nobody. Oh, <laughs> I like that, my friend. I love it. Mike, how about you? 
I put in a win if they play. Uh, I'm the same. Uh, I'm the same way. I think at this point they have 12 wins. They could win or lose it. 13 and yes. four, 12 and five, depending on if they want to even try or if this is just a rest week. So I'll put it in a win if they feel like playing. If they're resting everybody, obviously they won't. Right. Yeah, I don't think we'll be playing for much of anything. I don't think we'll be playing our starters, so I'm going to have this as a loss. But uh, it's not going to matter. But there we okay, so you look at the, the stretch, Nick. If you could pick one game that Dallas will, will definitely win, which one would you pick? Oh, man, Philly. Beat Philly, dilly dilly. <laughs> Get them up out of here. Pack them up. Do you think that game is too early to be for the division? And if so, which game do you think they'll be playing to clinch the division uh, in this stretch? Well, I think things had to went wildly left for one of our one of these teams for that to be clinching the division right then, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, it will go a long ways, though, I believe, obviously, to getting the division. Uh, I, I kind of goes back to the Lions. We talked about could it be the most important game? Could be the Lions game that ends up the one that they play that clinches the division. So I'll say uh, the Lions game. All right, Nick. Uh, is there a game you have you have circled on your calendar that you're you're excited to watch this season? I mean, they're like all of my all of my babies. I, I'm excited to see them all. I, I want to see all of them. Uh, they're all right here. <laughs> all of you guys, you're just so great. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of highlights though, right? I mean, you know, we get a crack at Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. That's going to be just so weird. It's going to be so weird seeing them in that. Uh, Hearing you say it is weird. You know, I was at the game uh, where in old uh, Texas stadium, whenever Favre got hurt and he came in, I was actually at that game. So it was interesting oh, wow. seeing that and, and what's going on. But I mean, come on. I, I think if you're a Cowboys fan and taking the divisional rivals out of it, it's got to be the Chargers, man. It's going to be the Kellen Moore bowl. It's going to oh. be nuts. It's going to look, they're going to look, cause until that game gets played, you already know they're going to be running talking about what their offense is doing, what the Cowboys offense is doing. And building that thing all the way up to we play the Chargers and then yeah. who got it right? So that right, it's got to be the Kellen Moore. It's probably the the one that's going to have all the hype around it here early in the season for sure. I like that pick. That's a good pick, man. Yeah, yeah. agreed. What's your record prediction for Dallas this season? Well, you went twelve and five, two years in a row. Got there two different ways, but you went twelve and five though. You go out here, you plug your two. Biggest holes in just your playoff game, right? By receiver two or three, however you want to look at him. Cornerback two. You plugged them. Uh, you've actively, since the trade deadline last year, tried to fix your run defense by getting Hankins, re-signing him even, drafting Mozzie Smith. The offenses are new. Things have changed there, too. The things that constantly got us in trouble shouldn't be here anymore. Okay? Um, and just hearing, you know, McCarthy talking about the – you know, the changes in the outside zone and things that they're doing, you know, just ready to see the new run scheme in general get after it. And as you were talking about a little bit earlier, Mike, throwing the ball with purpose to the running backs, not just, oh, my God, I'm in trouble and getting it out of there. You know, just another way for them to go attack, you know, the these defenses. So, man, I kind of take all those things into consideration, man. I don't think they're going to be 12-5 this year. I think the Cowboys are going to be 13-4. and four. If they so want to play that last game of the year, then they'll be 14-3. and uh, 14 and three. Is kind of where I land. Uh, I think the momentum's been building. I've talked about a lot throughout the McCarthy time here, how he's changed the culture within the building and yeah. seeing how things have transpired from last offseason through all the way through this offseason thus far. You can just tell there, there's a different temperament. 
there's a different there's just a different vibe coming from them. And again, you got it's on the wall, right? You've won 24 games the last two years, multiple ways with your starting quarterback, without your starting quarterback, right? Defense getting a bunch of sacks to okay, wait, no, now they're getting a bunch of turnovers. You found multiple ways to win the running game. Now the passing game, they address that, we hope. But um, yeah, I just think the team is molding in the right direction. You're not playing a first place schedule. There's a tough stretch of games that we talked about. But I mean, you look at it line for line, we're talking about just 100% no injuries. Boy, the Cowboys going to be really tough this year. And I and, and I said, if I tweeted out, I don't really do a whole lot of what they're going to do. Like, I'm completely sold on the fact they're going to be in the NFC Championship game. I'm not saying they're going to win it. I'm not saying they'll go to the Super Bowl. But I just look what they've done the past two seasons, how they have dressed things this offseason, and what they've, you know, acquired via trades and, of course, the draft. Man, I think the sky's the limit for this team. I really do. So, uh, yeah, man, for the championship game. At least get let's get that noise out of here, and and then roll the dice where we go from there. <laughs> well, you know, it sounds like you think that the, that the that the Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders this year, Nick. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, the NFC. Look, I mean, look here's the thing: the NFC is down as well. You know, on top of the Cowboys were. This close to being in the final, you know, the 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 final four of the NFL last year, yeah. and I think they've plugged and played a lot of things that they needed to take care of. So I mean, yeah, I think right now you talk about the NFC, uh, sure, Philly, uh, sure, uh, Niners. They got to figure out the quarterback situation still, mm-hmm. and then you got the Cowboys. I mean, who else are we talking about? You know, sure, Seattle was good last year. Do you think they're going to take another jump? You know, so on and so forth. Tampa's not going to be the same. Saints are trying to do some things with Derek Carr, but do you believe in Derek Carr and what they got going down there? So, yeah, I mean, could the Rams have a resurgence? They lost a lot of people, but they still got Aaron Donald. You got the, you know, could they? But, yeah, I mean, just right now on, you know, here in June, it's San Francisco, Dallas, and Philly. I think those are the three teams uh, in the leaders in the you know, uh, clubhouse uh, for NFC championship aspirations. All right, make your Super Bowl prediction. Oh man, Super Bowl prediction time! I mean, the only way to do it is to go. Uh, I mean, the Cowboys are going to be there. You got to, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Let's go beat Kansas City. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it'd be cool to play old Cowboys Bills or whatever the case may be. Man, go. I mean, look, if you want to go do it, and you want to leave no doubt, shout out to River the Titans. Leave no doubt, run it up. Go, go beat Kansas City. Because if not, you'll hear. Well, Dak won, but if, you know Kansas City would have made it to the Super Bowl. They wouldn't. Have won. No, no, no. Just go ahead and bring, bring, bring the bully on down. We know the yeah. two champs over there. Bring them on in here, and let's and let's square it up on the field and go from there. So, yeah, I mean, if I had my way, Super Bowl, Cowboys, Chiefs, let's go have some fun. What's sad though is if that if Dak were to beat Kansas City in the Super Bowl, so many excuses would be made for Kansas City, like why Dak won, why Dallas won, and he would never get his respect. Oh, dude, Dak could win three straight Super Bowls and it'd still be something. So, exactly. Yeah. It's all Micah. <laughs> it's all Mike McCarthy. It's all Dan. Dan it was fixed. It was fixed. It was fixed. Oh, the script writers. They, they, wrote, right. they wrote the script for the Cowboys and when that's it, the script, I forgot about the old script writers. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry paid the script writers. There it is. Yes. I like it. All right. Next, man, uh, you know, thank you again so much for coming on. Before oh. we get you out of here, uh, let the people know where, where they can find your content and, uh, you know, what, what they can expect from you this offseason. Yeah, Tim Ford. Yeah, man. Uh, guys, appreciate it, man. I had a fun time. Uh, 
coming in here talking about these Cowboys. Got my my juices flowing. I'm ready for preseason right now. Let's go. Uh, but yeah, uh, Pick Six Sports on YouTube. The channel's over there. Go over there, hit the sub, follow us over that way. And then uh, anything else, Cowboys or video game related, I do love video game stuff too as well. Uh, your guy Nick's on Twitter, man. Catch me over there. And you, if you can't remember the Pick Six Sports, you can follow me on Twitter. You click my profile. YouTube's right there. Easy click, easy sub, easy peasy. And uh, we'll be we'll be ramping up here going into training camp. Uh, we'll be running a series. Uh, we did it last year. Had a lot of fun. We'll do it again this year. Uh, the 53-man series. And we'll just go through every single position. Uh, talk about the guys that are there, you know, on this 90-man roster. And uh, we lead all the way up to the very end and give uh, our final thoughts on who we think uh, the final 53 will be. So Love we'll be cracking it. that up along with news and notes from training camp as well, too. Love it. Awesome. Awesome. Mike, before we Mike, before we get you out of here, remind the people they can find you on Twitter, sir. At CD Piglet, guys. Letter C, letter D, Piglet. Nice and easy. Nicks, I'll see you on the chat room, my friend. Thanks for uh, yes, thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely, brother. Anytime y'all need me, holler. I'll I'll be in the corner. <laughs> guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan fifteen. Jordan, everybody else who joined us tonight, thank you so much, and we will see you guys next week. Jordan's our guy, man. Jordan's on 